If you're ready to take action to create the life and business you want and be surrounded by courageous, like-minded warriors, entrepreneurs, creatives, and professional freelancers supporting each other and feeling the fear and doing it anyway, I invite you to join my free online community, Momentum Warriors. Just head over to www.momentumwarriors.com now. You're listening to Transitions Podcast. Learn how to make money doing what you love, become more confident, create a positive impact, and have the lifestyle that you want with marketing consultant and small business advisor, Anfernee Chansamuth. Hey, Warriors, it's Anthony Chansamuth here on Transitions Podcast, and I have with me uh, the amazing Jenny C. A bit of background about Jenny because she's really cool, is Jenny is a speaker, a published author, sales strategist, and a coach. Over the past decade, Jenny's worked with some of the largest organizations in the world, including PwC, Macquarie Bank, and has also been invited to speak at the National Audit Conference hosted by the Institute of Chartered Accountants. Jenny's brought in by her clients to leverage their client base and increase their, and increase their revenue. Welcome, Jenny. Hi. Hi, everyone. So the one topic that I think scares a lot of people is sales. So I work with a lot of creative entrepreneurs and, and by far the one thing that comes up again and again for these people is I don't want to sell. I'm here to create great work. I'm here to make a difference in the world, you know, and, and I want my art or I want my creations to be the influence, right? I, I, I don't want to sell myself. I don't want to, you know, be the face of the brand. I just want the art or the creations, the products and services to speak for themselves. What's the problem with that? Well, the, the problem is how many people can you make a difference to if you're not making sales? I mean, in my mind, the, the amount you sell is directly proportional to how many people you're, you're helping. So if you're not willing to face sales and do whatever it takes to make more sales, then you're really not helping that many people. That's a very, very valid point. I think one of the challenges, and I went through this myself as well when I started my business, is I don't want to be that you know, atypical or whatever stereotypical used car salesperson yeah. who's like pushing you know, something onto another person who like it's not what they want, but it's all about trying to make money. And so how do you or how have you learned to resolve that? So I think the experience and that mindset of not wanting to be a used car salesperson, we all think like that because we've probably had that experience of someone else doing that to us, selling to us in a really pushy way, pushing something onto us that we don't want and don't need. But the thing is, if everyone likes to buy, right? So, you know, these this cool laptop that you've got right now, you wanted to buy this. So the salesperson who helped you choose this laptop actually did you a favor by helping you choose the right laptop for you. And that's the that's the, really the difference. You can be a salesperson that gives your client a great experience or a salesperson that comes across like that used car salesperson and makes the other person feel really awful. And it's really just a choice of what what, which one you want to be. And you can choose to be that one that's just helpful and helps people find what they want and give it to them. 
So taking that into account in your journey, how did you come across you know, this re revelation that you know, for me to be successful and, and make the influence that I want in the world, this is one skill set that I really need to take control, control of or, you know, or be able to manage well? I guess for me, it wasn't always like this. I, I had a few situations that happened to me when I was younger that happened to my family that really made me hate sales as well. And it was personal, like that hatred of salespeople was really personal. Um, I won't go into the details maybe for now, um, but I do talk about it at some of my workshops and things. But yeah, we had a, a, we got really burnt by a salesperson when I was younger and so I grew up hating it. But I guess for me, I realised that the biggest, it was a mindset shift, realizing that if I don't make a sale for of a service that someone else needs, then I'm doing them a disservice. And I came to that realization, I think through, I think maybe through how I met you, I, I, we went to different workshops, we met with loads of amazing people together. And I realized that if those people hadn't gone up onto the stage and sold me an idea, then I wouldn't be thinking any differently than I used to and I'd be stuck with that those difficult situations still stuck in my head but because those people got up were willing to put themselves as the face of their idea their business and sold me sold me courses and sold me just mindset shifts they were able to do that and then I realized well I could learn to be like them so I could choose to get stuck on what failed in the past or I could choose to mirror people who were successful and going out there and making a difference to other people. And all of those people who are successful knew how to sell. That's some really good insight. In particular, the, what I'd want to ask you from that is, what was it about those particular individuals who, that stood out to you in terms of the way they sold? Right? So we, we gave the example of the, you know, the used car salesperson or whatever. For me, like I flash back to when I was in Brick Lane in London a few years ago, walking down and there's all these vendors, you know, standing outside on the street trying to pull me into their stores and coming like, you know, come get a free curry or whatever it was. Be, well, it was and, and I've had similar experiences traveling through Asia and it just, it, it makes me feel like, I want to run away, yeah. you know? Um, but then, like you say, there's been experiences I've had where the person who is selling an idea and this is an important thing to note here, is selling is not just about a product or service, no. right? And influence is not about a product or service. It's actually, you know, something deeper. It's something, it, whether you're offering a transformation, whether you're offering a political statement, right, for a lot of people who, who are in the world to make a difference. What was it about those people that resonated with you and made you switch your mindset around what selling could be? Yeah. I think there are a few things. One of them was that these people demonstrated a willingness to understand. And you sort of think, oh, how could they do that from the stage? Well, you can tell when someone, if they're presenting to you and they actually get where the audience, like why the audience is in the room and, and they can actually clearly articulate that they understand I think that makes a big difference because you feel like they're not just pushing something that to anybody they're only talking to a certain group of people who they understand have a certain problem mm. so I think that was one the second thing was they weren't talking at me so they weren't being the pushy you know here are all the benefits here's why here's why it was more they asked questions mm. 
And that questioning was more almost like a coaching conversation where they helped you realize truths about yourself, about the world, about what could be, couldn't be. And it's those realizations that help people move forward. Not, I mean, and that's sort of why the way I teach sales is I, the, my whole 12 step sales process is based on a series of targeted questioning techniques. And that's what I learned from them. The fact that they understood and secondly, because they were asking questions, not talking at me. Beautiful. Have we got time to go through the 12 steps? Oh, um, maybe not to all no. 12 steps. Okay, how about, how about we start with some of the steps? So yeah. yeah, how would we start a sales process? Well, the way maybe we'll go through, um, I'll condense it into three yep. broad steps. So the first step is really, um, I call it lowering the hurdles. And it's because a lot of people, when they go into wanting to make a sale, they go straight to wanting you to accept them, wanting you to buy into their idea. But what you forget is that there are hurdles to go over first. You have to lower them before they'll even entertain thinking about your idea. So yeah, it's lowering the hurdles. And by lowering the hurdles, we mean, you know, making sure that when we talk about lead qualification, it's not just for the business that you should qualify leads. It's also for the other person. Are they a fit? Like, are they even the right people to talk to? Because say you're selling, um, you're selling hammers. Like why would an accountant necessarily need a hammer for their business? Whereas if you're trying to find the tradie who might need hammers, then that's a that's a better fit for the right conversation. So lowering the hurdles is really, really important to make sure the person you're talking to actually wants and needs your service. So how much of that, that, how much of that step right there is researching your audience or your target and understanding like what, what motivates them? A lot of it, because if you don't know what motivates the people who would be a fit to work with you, then you don't know what questions to ask to find out on the spot. So yeah, a lot, you, you need to, that's one big part of business planning, to know your audience, yeah. Cool, okay. So yeah, so that's step one. Um, and once you've gotten to, once you've lowered the hurdles and you, and this is ex, the experience with the person will tell you whether it's the right time to move on to the next step, uh, then the next step is really exposing the narrative. And this is where you're using questioning to help understand further what motivates this specific individual, what their problems are, where they want to be, where the gaps are, and exposing the stories they're telling themselves. Because every day people are telling themselves stories and it's your job to find out those stories and then you can use those stories to determine whether or not they could benefit from your product or service or idea. And if so, how you can communicate to them so that they see the value. So in this step here, when does it become manipulation? Because that's something where it's like, well, I'm, I'm finding out all about you yeah. with the intent of selling something to you. Yeah. So when, does it, when do you tread over that line of now I'm, I'm, I'm manipulating the prospect? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess, I mean, I find the word manipulation very challenging because I don't believe that anyone will do something that is completely against what they wanted to do in the first place. So even, you know, like research into hypnotherapy and all that, 
I don't believe if someone didn't want to cluck like a chicken on the stage, okay, like those hypnotist shows. Yeah, I've been if there. Someone, yeah, have you clucked on? Yes, I have <laughs> clucked on stage as yes, a chicken. So, so if that sort of desire to get on stage and do something stupid wasn't already in your system, I don't think anyone could make you do that. I mean, sure, they could sort of pull that hidden side out of you a bit more, but yeah, I just don't believe it. But I guess the second thing is it's also about intention. So in my mind, I don't go into a sales conversation with the intention of selling something. I go into it with the intention of finding out whether there's a fit to work together. And if you hold on to that mindset, then that exposing the narrative is just that. It's just you're almost interviewing your client to see if they need you mm. and whether they're going to get the benefit to work with you. And only if you feel like after that process they do, then you can move on to the next step of actually offering your service. Otherwise, it was just a great conversation and hopefully they got value out of um, being asked some difficult questions. Yeah, I really like what you said there about shifting the frame from being someone who's selling something to really just helping that person identify maybe you know some blocks some gaps whatever it may be and if they walk away with a valuable feeling like hey Jenny's just actually helped me with something even though I didn't end up you know engaging with her further um, and one something that one of my mentors said recently was you know we spend so much time trying to if you think of like a show like X Factor or Australian Idol or American Idol where you have all these people who get up on the stage and they try and, and perform in front of the judges right and you've got Simon Carl who's sitting on the other side as a judge and a lot of times business owners tend to try and be that performer on the stage trying to like perform for their for their their prospect when in real in, in reality who you should be is the judge you're the one going, are you a fit for what, what, what I'm doing and what I'm offering? So if you switch from being you know, the performer to being Simon Cowell, you don't have to be a dick like he is, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think that, that puts into perspective that what you're looking for is, you know, do, do we click, are we a match or not? And then you know, we move on. So that's really cool. Yeah. All right, okay, so that's, that's the two steps. And then uh, the third step is just presenting the prize. And this is in when, you, when you've decided that, yes, this client is potentially a fit to work with me, um, you present what you can offer to them. And I guess that's, and there's a bit of an art to that. Like in my mind, this is the only time when you really need to know what you do. And um, uh, without going into it in too much detail, I, I use the approach of, Put presenting to them a unique trusted formula mm. and what that is is just literally in a nutshell in 30 seconds you can communicate what you do why it's important and how much it's going to cost the client and you do that in a formula method where um, you can draw it out the client can take away something really simple and th even your client can repeat it back to his or her spouse to tell them what they've bought just then. So it's, yeah, that's the, that, there's a bit of an art to that. Um, but I think the big takeaway in presenting the prize is a lot of people go away without agreeing a price and right. agreeing next steps. And that's the mistake. If you don't agree a price and next steps in that conversation, then the next time you talk to that person again, you'll have to do the same process over again all over again and I think that's actually the part where people hate the most is actually 
Yeah, talking business, asking <laughs> for the sale. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's say some people listening to this now are like, oh my gosh, that asking for the sale bit, that's the part yeah. that scares the crap out of me. How have you learned, or how do you teach people to get more comfortable with that or, or what are some practical things they can do to, to do that better? Because certainly if you're not asking for the sale, you'll never get it. That's right, yeah. that's right. Okay, so I think the first thing to do is know what, is make sure all, if, you're, if you sell services, make sure your services are productized. So um, don't go in there saying, I'm going to charge you per hour or per session, unless you have to. But I think 80 to 90% of all services can be turned into bite-sized products. Mm. Um, so once you know that, then get practicing on just that last bit. Literally say it to yourself over and over again so that it becomes just, it rolls off your tongue and you don't have to get, even if you're nervous, you've memorized it so well that you don't, yeah, you don't, um, I guess, get caught up on it when you're in the meeting itself. But at the end of the day, you've just got to remember, most of this is mindset, right? So as long as you believe that what you're selling will help the other person, there is no shame in asking for that sale. And you've just got to remember, if you don't do it, you're doing them a disservice. So what about increasing your price points? Because this is one that for a lot of entrepreneurs is a challenge. Mm. Is, you know, I've been doing it for $1,000 a month and now I want to double that rate or I want to, you know, what's your advice around? I know you work with accountants and, and people in that, in that field. Have you ever had clients that you worked with where one thing you've said to them is, actually your rates are too low and, yeah. and it's not serving you or the client. How does increasing your rates actually serve the client? Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, question because when, yeah, you're, if you think about how much, for example, I not, I switched to a Max uh, maybe a few months ago. I used to be on PCs. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Not looking back though, but you know, Macs are a lot more expensive than your average PC. And how I take care of my Mac compared with how I used to take care of my PC is so different. I really value my Mac. I make sure everything's backed up, the state of the art, um, virus control, all that, that stuff. And I'm, I'm a lot better with that. And why? It's because I'm, I'm more invested in this Mac. And so when you charge your clients, not not saying you charge them more than you're worth, when you charge what you're really worth, then your client will invest more of their energy to getting what they could get out of it. If you charge less than what you're worth, then you're also doing your client a disservice because in their mind, your this service isn't going to give them as great a benefit. So yeah, it's all about making sure you know what your clients are going to get out of it and then raising your price points is about having that right conversation. Make sure you're exposing the right narratives mm. and getting to the bottom of the problems before you go in and ask for the sale. Love it. And, and I think it's also making sure that you can deliver on whatever you're promising. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think, so in terms of value, who determines the value? Is it the client or the entrepreneur? And what is value? How do you, how do you define value? I think value is very subjective. Obviously, there are some things that can be measured in terms of, uh, what do you call it, the, the monetary value. So when I work with clients on sales growth, there is definitely a measurable KPI on that. But to me, value is just the gap between what your problems are and so where you are now and where you want to be. 
And the bigger that gap is, the bigger the value you, you need to invest in to, to close that gap. And who determines it? I believe value is determined by the purchaser, not the seller. And that's, that's one of the reasons why you can't just tell the purchaser all the great things about what you do and expect them to see value in it. You, you can only help them see value by asking them questions to steer them on the right path to realizing what they need. And that's how they determine value. I love that. I, I totally agree with that. I feel, you know, this, I've seen, certainly I've done that in the past where I spend so much time trying to express, oh, you're going to get, you know, all these bells and whistles and these great things and the client's just going I don't care like what I'm looking for is the outcome of that work we do together yeah and and as a seller you're not going to know what that is unless you ask them Mm. and so and sometimes they're not clear until you ask them and they verbalize it and they get a realization yeah there you go thank you all right so we're going to wrap this one up I I I know there's a lot more to talk about on this topic (laughs) April 9 so Jenny is one of for presenters uh, at an event that we're putting on together called Supercharge Your Business. So what can people expect from you on that day? Yeah, we'll be talking more about this topic. Uh, We'll probably won't go too much further into the exact sales process, but I think what I want to deal with is a lot of those mindset challenges and helping people switch the intention of what they do. And the biggest theme that I'll be trying to get across is going from being failure conscious So all the things around why we shouldn't do something, what I don't want to do, and all those reasons, Mm. excuses, and moving people to being success conscious, finding all the reasons why they should do things and how they could do it better. Love it. Okay, so come join us on April 9. Website for that is www.sybevent.com. Jenny, how can people connect with you directly? Yeah, check out my website. JennyTSE.com and yeah, send me an email from there. I can, I'll personally look at those. Awesome. And if you're listening to this, all those links will be in the show notes. Just head over to transitionspodcast.com forward slash 004 and that way you can connect to all these links and connect with Jenny directly. All right. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. See you.